If you've been feeling overwhelmed with anxiety lately, try listening to a guided meditation on the Meditation for Anxiety podcast. Meditation is a proven natural way to help you calm down and dissolve stress so you can feel lighter and happier. So subscribe for free today to the Meditation for Anxiety podcast by searching for Meditation for Anxiety on your favorite podcast player. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls, but without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two taps on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it, and so will I. Hi, I'm Jeffrey, and welcome back to Nightfalls. Come, settle in for tonight's calming meditation and soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. I just want to reach out to you and say thanks again for listening in. I've always loved bedtime stories. From the ones my dad used to make up for me about a polar bear and his adventures. To the tales I've read for myself. To those I get to share with others. With you. Nightfalls is nothing without you. The best magic is always shared. Come, take a pew beside the fire tonight and drift above the noise and chaos of daily life as we join astronaut Logan Anderson in the beautiful garden he has cultivated on Mars. Just as I found that plants grow a little better in nightfall soil, Logan has begun his garden in a most unexpected place. Harvesting fresh vegetables from the Martian soil to feed the flourishing community on Mars. Before we settle in for tonight's tale, let's take a moment to wind down and relax. Come to a comfortable position and allow your eyes to gently drift closed. This is your time to breathe, to be, to take up space. So as you draw a deep breath in and feel your lungs expanding, stretch out your arms and legs wide and allow your body to stretch and expand 
to mirror that in-breath. As you exhale, release a long, lazy sigh of relief and let your body slowly return to neutral, mirroring the natural, instinctual deflation of your lungs. Breathing in once more, feel your tongue fall away from the roof of your mouth and your lungs expand. Exhaling, allow the gentle tide of your out-breath to carry any thoughts and feelings that no longer serve you out and away from your body. Breathing in once more, allow the clear and cleansing night air to drift into your body. And as you exhale, release any thoughts of the day, any feelings that crowd at the corners of your consciousness. With each cycle of your breath, feel your mind clearing and your body drifting deeper and deeper into a state of relaxation. Now, if you're feeling ready, tonight's tale can begin. The vast red-hued plains of the Martian landscape stretched out in front of Logan Anderson. The sun rose majestically in the sapphire sky and in the distance, you could see Earth, a speck of blue moving farther away. The familiar tones of a banjo melody filled his ears. It was his music of choice whilst watching the sunrise. It reminded him of the early pioneers in America, bravely exploring an uncharted landscape and leaving behind all that was familiar. Their never-ending quest for seeking out new lands, giving them courage to venture ever forward. He imagined them sitting around a campfire at the end of the day, talking about their journey so far, and the one which lay ahead of them. And all the while, a banjo would be playing softly in the background. That same pioneer spirit filled Logan too, and the early hours were the perfect time to reflect on the day to come and the adventures to be had. He watched the dark blue of the sky change to a delicate pale azure. Hints of orange appeared on the horizon, along with wisps of pink clouds. The blue slowly faded and was replaced with shades of yellow and red. He lingered for a while before turning around and heading back to the residential area. The huge hemisphere of the main hub came into view. 
Logan pictured the hustle and bustle inside as people began their myriad of jobs. Following the success of the maiden voyage, the colonization of Mars had advanced at an impressive rate. There were hundreds of residents on the red planet now, which gave it a village feel. As Logan walked along, he glanced at the new accommodation pods and marveled again over how they'd been constructed on site using 3D printing technology. Each dwelling had been completed in less than a day. As if that wasn't impressive enough, casually parked a short distance away were a line of tall spaceships, waiting to be deployed when needed. It was a peculiar sight and took some getting used to. Logan's thoughts went to the first few months on Mars when he'd arrived with his eleven colleagues. They'd lived in the inflatable buildings on the surface which had been set up months before. It hadn't been long before they'd moved underground into one of the vast lava tubes. But technology had advanced at a rate far beyond their expectations. And within a short time, the group were living in scientifically engineered structures above the ground. Each building had been designed with many windows. The architects reasoned that views of the stunning landscape and vast skies would be of great benefit to the inhabitants. It was a sentiment Logan wholeheartedly agreed with. His new dwelling contained a large skylight above his bed, and every night Logan gazed dreamily at the starlit Martian sky before falling into a deep slumber. Logan entered the airlock corridor and completed the safety precautions before removing his helmet and spacesuit. As soon as he walked into the main area, he was reminded once more of how Mars now felt like a thriving village. Animated conversations came from many directions, along with bursts of laughter. Tantalizing aromas of breakfast food and coffee drifted towards him from the canteen. Groups of people relaxed on sofas in the lounge area, cups cradled in their hands as they chatted with each other. Around the edges of the hub were meeting rooms. Through the windows, Logan saw animated people engrossed in discussions about the planet's future and the many upcoming projects they were working on. There was something about living on Mars which sparked a person's imagination and creativity. Logan was just the same and would often receive an idea for a new enterprise whilst in the middle of doing something else. 
and he wasn't the only one who experienced such sudden flashes of inspiration. The thoughtful person had placed large whiteboards around the hub, in case anyone needed to quickly write an idea down. They were given the name of Eureka Boards, and swiftly proved very popular. Logan headed towards the canteen and passed some Eureka boards on the way. Some of them were filled with drawings and possible plans. He resisted the temptation to pause and study the compelling suggestions. There'd be many an occasion when he'd got lost in time as he pondered a potential project listed on a board especially if it concerned horticulture matters, which was his chosen field. He was always looking for ways to improve his skills. He stopped at a long table where his team from the first mission were seated. Over the years, they'd become like a family to Logan, They'd experienced jubilant successes together and occasional failures, which they put down to valuable experience. Captain Luisa Ortiz gave him a big smile of welcome and asked if he'd been watching the sunrise again. Logan said he had, and it had been as spectacular as always. Don't you ever tire of it? She asked with a glint of amusement in her dark eyes. Never, came Logan's swift reply. Living on Mars had been his dream ever since he was a boy. He would stand on the porch of his family home in Kansas and look at the faraway red planet in the sky. He always knew he would get there one day. He wasn't sure how he would make that happen, but he knew it would happen somehow. And now that he'd achieved his dream, he wanted to savor every precious second of his time on Mars. Logan took a seat next to Dr. Gregory Beckenbauer. When he had first met the respected geologist, he'd considered him somewhat of a stern-faced fellow who rarely smiled. But that had changed over the last three years. During his work on the planet, Dr. Beckenbauer had come across one astonishing discovery after another, which had brought a joyful light to his eyes and a ready smile to his bearded face. At the end of each day, the doctor would enthusiastically share his findings with the group. Dr. Beckenbauer was engrossed in his meal and hadn't noticed Logan's arrival. Logan tapped him lightly on the shoulder, said good morning, and asked how his salad was. Marvellous the geologist jubilantly declared. Absolutely marvellous, 
You've outdone yourself this time, young man. This lettuce is perfectly crisp and sweet. The tomatoes are the plumpest yet. And these spring onions are the best ones I've ever tasted. What magic are you performing in that garden of yours? How'd you manage to grow such delectable plants? With a small shrug, Logan replied it was down to the Martian soil. The growing conditions. And help from his assistants. Dr. Beckenbauer gave him a friendly shoulder bump and said he was being too modest. They all knew how many hours Logan had spent in his garden perfecting his horticultural skills and the nights he'd watched over delicate seedlings to ensure they thrived. Captain Ortiz joined in the conversation and said she still remembered the first crop of potatoes Logan had produced and how incredibly delicious they had been. The others nodded in agreement and added their own favourites, which Logan had produced. Logan accepted their compliments with thanks. He'd been just as amazed as everyone else at the abundance of food which had grown so easily, but his mind was always looking for ways to make improvements. He never tired of spending time in the large dome, which everyone referred to as Logan's Garden. He loved tending to his seedlings and seeing them grow stronger each day. He took great delight in harvesting the rows of robust vegetables, luscious fruits and delicate herbs. And every day he imagined a time when the atmosphere on Mars would be perfect for planting things directly into the soil. In his mind, he saw fields of tall, golden wheat swaying in the warm breeze, orchards abundant with apples and pears, meadows teeming with vibrant flowers, and hedges bursting with red and purple berries. A polite cough brought him out of his favourite daydream. Louisa was giving him an expectant look, as though she'd asked him a question and was waiting for an answer. The tilt of her head and the twinkle in her eyes gave him a good clue as to what her question might have been. Did you just ask me about Brussels sprouts? He inquired of the captain. She nodded. I wondered if you'd had any luck with the elusive vegetable yet. Logan became aware of the surrounding chatter hushing a little. Faces around the table all turned his way, as well as those from other tables. It seemed everyone was just as curious as the captain concerning his ongoing sprout saga. He'd been trying to grow that particular vegetable since the beginning of his gardening work, but for some inexplicable reason, he'd been unsuccessful. No matter the amount of care and attention he gave the sprouts, they simply refused to, well, sprout. 
His beloved planet had easily given him a wide variety of generously sized fruit and vegetables. But as yet, not those little green ones. He tried everything, certain something would work eventually. Not one to give up, he'd recently tried a different method. He took a moment to look at the waiting people around him, before shaking his head sadly and saying his latest method hadn't worked. But, he assured them, there would be buttered Brussels sprouts on the Mars menu in the future. He just wasn't sure when. There was a collective sigh, followed by good-natured chuckles. Growing sprouts on Mars had become a seemingly impossible task for Logan. But it was a topic which brought the residents together, and was discussed often. Before Logan had time to mull the persistent problem over in his mind, the captain reminded the group about the imminent arrival of the latest settlers to join their community. It had become a custom of the group to personally welcome every new arrival. They were aware of how overwhelming it was to arrive on the planet, and how newcomers would hold an expression of amazement on their faces, along with doubtful looks, as though they couldn't believe they had actually landed on Mars. All newcomers were made to feel welcome, but the latest arrivals would herald a significant change in the way life on Mars was organised. Furthermore, the first person to step out of the spaceship today would be the 1,000th human to make Mars their home. It still amazed members of that maiden voyage how quickly the planet had become populated and the immense variety of skills each person brought with them. Not just technical abilities, but artistic ones too. Many beautifully crafted paintings now lined the halls which linked the hubs. Heartfelt poems and enchanting songs had been composed about the awe-inspiring magnificence of the Martian landscape. Their home planet of Earth was never more than a few thoughts away. And each new work of art was shared with the inhabitants of the blue planet. People of Earth had become familiar with all aspects of life on Mars, and to them, it seemed the once distant planet wasn't that far away after all. Not only had works of art been shared with Earth, but news of Logan's sprout adventure had reached them too. He regularly received advice from many self-proclaimed Brussels sprout experts. Logan had acted upon all the suggestions, but to no avail. Before he had the chance to consider returning to his garden to see if a miracle had occurred in his absence, the captain received a message to say the arrivals were ahead of time and would be landing soon. 
the crew quickly donned their protective gear before heading outside and into a space buggy. A short ride took them to the landing area. Very soon, the spaceship came into view in the red-tinted sky. Logan could feel Captain Ortiz looking his way. He caught her eye and saw the giveaway twinkle in them. She was up to something. She moved closer and said, There's a special someone arriving today. Someone you've been in contact with over the last few years. Thanks to his regular gardening updates, which had been broadcast back to Earth, Logan had become friends with many people there, so he didn't know who the captain could be referring to. He didn't have to wait long to find out. The ship landed smoothly, and with a subtle hiss, the door opened. No one was surprised to see a child standing there. After much consideration amongst the authorities, it had been decided that children were now able to join the residents on Mars. This long-awaited spaceship held the first group of children and their parents. Life on Mars was going to change, and for the better. The child in front of them gazed out at the red landscape through her helmet visor, her eyes widening in surprise. Logan wondered if the girl knew she was about to be the one thousandth human to step onto the Martian surface. She took slow and steady steps down the ladder and stopped at the bottom. As though in slow motion, she carefully placed her small foot on the ground. Her cheeks crinkled up as she broke into a smile. She moved forward a little and then looked back at her footprints in wonder. It was the same thing which Logan had done. The girl looked his way and walked towards him. As she got nearer, Logan realised her face was familiar to him. Very familiar. She stopped in front of him and held her hand out. Her voice was slightly muffled as she said, Mr. Anderson, it's me, Maisie Jones. Logan took her little hand in his, whilst shaking his head in disbelief. Maisie, I don't understand. What are you doing here? He looked over at Captain Ortiz, who was watching the exchange with delight. Maisie said, I wanted to keep it a secret. Mum's here too. A woman appeared behind Maisie and gave him a shy smile. We meet at last. I hope this isn't too much of a shock. I wanted to tell you, but Maisie said a surprise would be better. The hint of worry in her voice 
made Logan say Maisie was right, and it was the most wonderful surprise he'd ever had. He looked at the two people in front of him. Maisie and her mother, Natasha, came from a small town in Kent, England. Through their combined love of gardening, Logan had become good friends with them over the last three years. They spent many hours on video chats and sent countless messages to each other. Maisie and Natasha Jones were fascinated with his work on Mars, and he loved hearing about their lives and how their latest gardening projects were going. But there was another special connection between the three people, a connection which linked Mars and Earth in a way no one could ever have imagined. Once the newcomers had been settled inside their homes and their belongings stored away, they were invited into the hub. Natasha politely declined and said she and Maisie would love to visit Logan's garden as they were eager to see it. Logan agreed to take them. He was keen to show them a certain display which held pride of place there. Logan led them to the huge hemisphere which held his plants. Like all new visitors to the garden, they stood transfixed inside the entrance, too awestruck to speak. Maisie found her voice first. It's gigantic. It's bigger than our town. Not quite, Logan said with a smile. We can look at the plants soon. Follow me. I want to show you something else first. He took them over to a solid wall at the side of the building. It was full of photos and computer printouts. The first photo showed Logan in his spacesuit, wielding a shovel. He'd found the perfect place to set up his garden and was about to break ground. The image next to it showed an eight-year-old Maisie doing the very same thing in her garden in Kent. She wanted to show her support to the new settlers on Mars by creating a garden similar to Logan's. She was going to grow the very same things as him and make the exact meals with the harvested produce. Maisie's mother sent him the photo of Maisie in the garden. It touched Logan's heart to hear about her plans. And very soon, the three of them were in regular contact. Maisie's story was picked up by the local press. It wasn't long before other children followed her idea. Not just in England, but all around the blue planet. Smaller images along the wall showed children on Earth breaking ground in a variety of gardens. That wasn't the end of Maisie's influence. Adults and organisations decided to get involved too. Gardens sprung up in many places and people spent a lot of time outside tending to flourishing plants. A global campaign to become more self-sufficient was set in motion. All thanks to a little girl from England and her friend on a faraway planet. 
Logan looked at the freckle-faced Maisie. With a heart full of gratitude, he told her how much of a difference she had made to Earth and to the first settlers on Mars, who appreciated the amount of support sent their way. Maisie gave him a small shrug, as if it was nothing. She pulled a packet from her pocket and said she'd brought him a gift. She handed it to him. He laughed when he saw the familiar seeds inside. Sprouts. These will grow, Maisie said with an unshakable conviction, which only children have. Logan nodded and agreed that these sprouts surely would grow. Time flew by in the garden as Logan showed Maisie and Natasha around. All too soon, it was heading towards night. Logan took Natasha and Maisie to his favourite spot to watch the glorious colours of a Martian sunset. The beautiful moons of Phobos and Deimos were already visible when they arrived. The trio watched the sky turn from red to blue. Natasha moved closer to Logan and said, I feel like one of those pioneers setting out on a new journey. A little anxious to be leaving the familiar behind, but excited about the future. I feel that all we need now is a background of banjo music. Logan's look lingered on Natasha as they shared an intimate moment of understanding. When he looked back at the sunset, his world felt different. As magical as today had been, he knew that tomorrow was going to be even better. The next day, Logan woke under a golden sun enjoying the warm hues of the sun radiating through the skylight overhead. He stretched his limbs and yawned. He never struggled to get out of bed these days. There was always an adventure ahead of him and plants calling out for his attention. One of his favourite parts of the day came early, each morning when he went to his garden to check the saplings and seedlings he was currently nurturing. Sometimes he awoke from dreams of a particular plant species sprouting their first leaves and would hurry to the dome to check them, sure that anything could have happened whilst he was not there to watch their slow progress. Every morning was inviting but this morning was a particularly nice one to wake to. Every time there was a cohort of new arrivals to the planet, Logan would find himself tracking their firsts. Their first meal on Mars, their first song, their first expedition. This would be the first morning on Mars for many. Logan couldn't help but share in that special appreciation that comes from arriving in a new land. Though he had spent many days here on Mars, 
he could still look around himself with wonder, as if it was the very first. Logan dressed and brushed his teeth and headed to the garden. He heard excited chatter mixed in with the usual sleepy morning pleasantries that drifted through the halls. Before long, Logan arrived at the huge dome of the garden with a contented smile. He was so encapsulated in his thoughts reminiscing on his own first morning in Mars, that he nearly strolled straight past the figures that were waiting patiently by the door. Natasha coughed politely. I'm sorry, Logan, we didn't mean to interrupt your solitude. I see you're in deep thought. Her eyes sparkled with humour. Logan chuckled and apologised greeting her and Maisie with genuine surprise and warmth. He'd expected they would make their way back to the garden within their first few days. They seemed to fit in naturally there, but this was much quicker than expected. We're ready to get to work, Maisie said proudly. Those sprouts won't grow themselves. Logan smiled noting Maisie's little Wellington boots and the serious expression on her face. He nodded and told her he was glad to have some help. There was lots of hard work to be done today. But, first things first, it was Maisie and Natasha's first morning on Mars, and they couldn't begin without breakfast. Maybe they could start by harvesting the first of the strawberries to put on their morning porridge. Maisie agreed, and Logan led the two new gardeners into the hemisphere, feeling a surge of contentment when seeing the smile on Natasha's face, happy to have their company on his morning rounds. <laughs>